0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of
1: KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
2: Millennials, I love you people. Why? Your skin is so soft and delicious and moist and succulent. No, 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 no. You're our future. And after you it's going to be generation y but right now we're going to talk about you millennials are cutting back on dining out and vacations good for you because you know what value there is long term in a vacation and dining out none yes vacations will probably get you like maybe making children and settling down and buying a house and paying yourself instead of rent but millennials are good at saving money especially if they have kids U.S. millennial parents are on track to be richer in retirement than their typical Generation Xer or the baby boomer with kids. So, for some reason, when you make babies, you become better savers. Those of you who are between 18 and 34, if you're contributing a median of 10% of your income to retirement savings. Uh, Generation X is saving about 8%, and working baby boomers are socking away just 5%. You baby boomers are slack. You remember when the baby boomers had this thing, like... Make love, not war. You know, this whole Vietnam thing's bad. We should, you know, be loving each other and and passing on society into uh, a higher, loftier goal. And then the baby boomers sold out. They wanted a BMW. And every great idea that they had, gone. Let's save the world, gone. Let's let's clean seals that get oil on them. Gone. It's now. Let's eat seal and dolphin as well. Jim Morrison. Wow. You want to hear it? Crazy. My first day of college. My roommate I met. His name was Mike Tyson. I know you're saying your college roommate was Mike Tyson, the heavyweight champion of the world. I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy like that. You know what I mean. He was. It was not that Mike Tyson. It was Mike Tyson, the heavyweight chain smoker of the world. He was disgusting. He might have showered twice during the quarter. But it was Jim Morrison's birthday. And he plays The Doors all day during Jim Morrison's birthday. And I went to college with this crap. Let's get Alphaville queued up. Um, you can't halt your car. Um, for an afternoon in Utopia. I went... Let's dance for a while. It's I went with awful music to college, with European German pop. Versus this. And you tell me who like had better music choice, me or Mike Tyson. So I was listening to this. Synth pop. They were from, like, um, the evil side of Germany. They were from the, the wall side of Germany. The bad Berlin versus the good Berlin. This is awful. What was their big song? Forever Young. Ah, there we go. So you know what the song's about? It's not a prom song, even though a lot of proms had it as their prom song. It's not about the moment when you're graduating high school and you're in 12th grade and you're about to go on into the real world and quickly learn that the world craps all over you. It's a big tacular. No, no, this song's about nuclear war. Isn't that romantic? I know how many of you... Got it on to that song. So I listened to this crap going into college versus the Doors. How did I turn out so cool and wonderful? You did what you did to me. This is something bad that happens in a Japanese bathhouse. That's all I'm gonna say. When you make big in Japan, big in Japan to this crap. Oh, yeah, Goodbye What was wrong with me? Seriously, we could do a whole psychological profile of, of, of what was wrong, and how did I turn things around so well in college? So anyway, uh, millennials don't listen to that crap, uh, but they do listen to electronic dance, which is just as bad. So um, millennials are making really good decisions whenever they have an opportunity to save more. Not just when they have a higher-paying job, but they're saving more after paying off debt and getting married. And that's notable because sometimes you can get married and have a baby. And suddenly, like, I, wanna, I want my baby to have designer jeans. Eureka, designer jeans. Yeah! Now, see, I want designer jeans, not like Jordache. I want designer jeans like I want blonde hair, blue eyes. That's the designer jeans that I want, Right. So NerdWallet compared the retirement rates of millennials, Gen Xers, and baby boomers for the purpose of analysis. All generations started saving at age 26 and retired at 67. And if you get a 6% rate of return and you get a 2% annual bonus at work, increase in salary. And ultimately, the millennials saving a lot more money when you do projections like that. Everyone can use strategies um, that millennial parents are using. So trying to increase their savings, cutting back on big spending, such as dining out, vacations, and entertainment. Those are the areas where we throw money away on top of cars. So um, simple calculations. So congratulations, Leels. You're doing it. You get the Blue Star Award. <laughs> they still give out those stars. Remember those stars that you had in elementary school where they'd lick them and put them on your board? And you get so many stars, you were like a star student. And you kind of tracked all the way up to the gold stars, and thats I never got to gold. Let's just say that. That's another thing that we can do a psychological profile on. I would always do something um, problematic. Skipping breakfast is tied to higher risk of hardening in arteries. Aren't there too many studies? Why don't you say there's too many studies at this point in time? So now we've learned that skipping breakfast is bad for you, and it may help you develop... Uh, atherosclerosis. Atherosclerosis. It's only a wafer thing. Well, i couldn't get another thing. I'm absolutely stuffed. Buggle horse. One of the most horrific things I've ever had to view was a bored op eating breakfast. Um, chewing with his mouth open and just. His head was so close to the plate, like he was. Get in my belly! He was hunched over it. Anyway, now I'm totally, uh, digressing. skipping breakfast, uh, a greater percentage of energy consumed earlier in the day may favor cardiovascular health. Who knew? So you're not supposed to eat late at night. Now you're supposed to eat late early in the morning, but guess what? There's gonna be a study next week that says the exact opposite. And that's something that could be very scary when it comes to investing is that there's all these studies out there. And, um, what type of investor are you? When should you save? when should you not save? just accumulate wealth. I look at things in two ways and Chad Burton kind of manages wealth and I kind of accumulate wealth. And I I think that's a good way to go. If you're going in any way, shape or form. Um, I do like the idea of um, strawberries are good for you. Yes, there are. Get this, you know, when we get into the gun debate in the United States, which do you think there are more of and which do you think kills more people? McDonald's in the United States or gun stores? A little Jeopardy music in your head. A little Jeopardy music in your head. Which are there more? Gun stores or McDonald's? Gun stores or McDonald's? Um, the correct answer is gun stores. There's 50,000 more gun stores in the United States than there are McDonald's. I had no clue. I would have guessed... I, so I had no clue. So, that's a lot of gun stores in between McDonald's. Like, you could throw a rock and hit a McDonald's, drive to a block and hit another McDonald's. Where are all these gun stores? I'm not black. It seems
0: a time is Decisions to be made.
2: Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. What's on your financial mind? Anything you want to talk about we could talk about? Um, I got some thoughts. I got some thoughts, and some of them are a little easier than others to digest. Um, And what do I mean by that? Um, I saw recently, and I don't know how you're going to feel about this. You know we're talking about the living wage for people in America and how everyone should have the right to have a living wage, right? And I mostly agree. I I think sometimes we live in a society of haves and have-nots, and that's why we get these very dramatic events like Occupy Wall Street. Um, but one of the things that I fear is that the living wage, and this is kind of across the political spectrum, in my opinion, it seems to me that the job creators in America, the real job creators, the small businesses, uh, when you and your friend take a chance and start a company, you and your friend take a chance and start a pizzeria, you and your friends take a chance and... Those are the ones that create the jobs locally. And they, they create lots and lots and lots of jobs. They are the blood of the U.S. economy. And when you start talking about living wages, that I hate to say it. I think we have to have some jobs that are reserved for teenagers. And they can't be jobs like McDonald's, in my opinion. Now, you can get mad at me for saying that. But I remember it was almost a rite of passage growing up that, you know, when you're 16, 17, 15, and your parents are starting to give you a car. And, you know, you'd be like, hey, uh, Mandy, um, or you'd, you and Tony would go to McDonald's and get a, a shake or ice cream after a football game, and you'd see your friend Mandy who's in your social studies class, and you're like, hey, Mandy, um, I didn't know you worked here. And you start flirting, and like, they're kind of the rite of passage that younger people kind of man the registers kind of thing. And the guys did the fries and the burgers because they're gross and greasy, and I, I just I grew up like that, and the money wasn't great, but it wasn't meant to be great, you know, because your, your bills when you're 15, 16, 17 are pretty much so restrained. But I saw something recently, and, you know, again, when we talk about livable wages, and I have a friend who owns four, five, five guys, and he's not wealthy. And it is a ton of work. And trying to find people that are trained and stay, that combination is pretty brutal, but when robots steal our jobs, that's what's going to happen when we start saying, you know, we need to pay people $15 an hour to work at McDonald's. In my opinion, now again, whatever minimum wage is, that's fine by me. But when you start calling it a livable wage for a job that's not meant to be a career, that starts to become problematic for the guy, the franchisee who owns it. So what does San Francisco do knowing that if you know, they jack the price to 15 to $20 for a minimum wage... You've already seen, there's a kiosk in San Francisco that does all your food for you. You go in, you say what type of grain you want, you say what sort of fruit or vegetable you want on top of it, you say what sort of potential spices you want in it, and herbs, herbs, not herbs, herbs. I like the way you say that. It magically makes it for you. No person involved, swipe credit card here. It's you know like the airlines when you check in now it's like hey do it over at the kiosk because we don't want a person doing it for you that person if we have to have four of them uh, we'd rather have one or two so what happens when that five guys goes robotic and has you know robots that uh, drop the fries and keep things grease free and uh, less cleanup? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Well, here's what I fear is San Francisco. They're going to make the guy who makes the robot or the guy who uses the robot pay taxes. That's something that residents of San Francisco are being asked to think about right now. The city's District 6 Board of Supervisors, a woman named Jane Kim, she wants to find cash to help folks out with retraining or a universal basic income when robots take over their toils. And the suggestion for generating that money is a tax on robots. That's pretty out there for me.
0: Danger, Will
2: Robinson. Danger. San Francisco certainly isn't stuffed full of robots right now, but it's easy enough to imagine a non-too-distant future in the near future where autonomous taxis uh, rule the roads and burgers are flipped by bots. In context where robots are taken over directly from human workers, the idea seems to make sense to tax them, or does it? Um, I don't know. And then what do we call a robot? Like, what if, Do we call a door that automatically opens a robot at some point in time because we need a doorman to do that for us? It's a hell of a question. So, you know, there's been similar suggestions, most notably from Bill Gates, have ultimately been dismissed in the past because Bill Gates was kind of kooky in the 1990s. In the 2000s, he started to transform himself. Now he is the hero of the world with his Gates Foundation, getting other billionaires to pledge and, you know, trying to do things like uh, get people immunized, get people fed, get people clean water, get people food. He's got a project right now that he's funded that's starting to go national in the United States in grocery stores where it's a plant-based hamburger. So it's, it looks like a hamburger. It tastes like a hamburger. It even bleeds like a hamburger. But it's not a hamburger. My personal opinion is that we should tax meat eaters. and Because the amount of damage that steaks um, and, and chicken breasts do to our society both on weight gain, on heart disease... But then on the amount of food and water that they consume to get that, you know, nice and fat and plump for you is outrageous. So what do you think about a 50% tax on your your fillet tonight? I think it'd be a good time. It's not terrible, Charles. Just because you eat a lot of steaks, Charles, doesn't mean it's terrible. Oh, you'll get over it, Charles. And you'll be healthier, too. Mmm, the nice bowl of quinoa. Mmm. It's like eating dirt. oh, oh. It's a desert. Um, so Bill Gates has talked about it. and He was dismissed, in part because taxing robots will disincentivize companies from adopting them, leading to a failure to capitalize on increases in productivity that can stimulate the economy. You know, what do you do? Do you, do you tax Ford and Tesla for having, you know, a, robot, a robotic arm pick up a piece of metal and weld it? Do you do that, too? Where do we stop here? Um, so we're still working on what defines a robot. And that's a bit of a problem. So Wired Magazine is a great magazine if you want to me for me, okay, wait, wait, for me. When I go to bed, I like reading two magazines. Wired magazine, because it's all about the future. It's got some pretty cool things on it. But also I like reading Juggs magazine. Because sixteenth century Byzantine pottery. Behave yourself. It's nice. It's nice. So it's nice. Anytime we find a new um Oh, sure, a veritable plethora of jugs in the ground. I'm all about it. All about it. So I'm fairly philosophical in the idea of what will the outcome of robots be. And in reality, it's not clear the best way to impose taxes on automation. Is it an argument? I don't even know yet. To me, it feels incredibly forced. There's other ways to tackle the problem that don't focus on machines, like reducing tax on human labor. Oh, we didn't think about that. How about you give a small business incentive to hire a real person by cutting the taxes, that payroll taxes? Could be a solution not to tax the robots, let the robots have their parade? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com.
0: Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the
2: Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7.
0: Even businessmen that rob and steal and cheat from people every day, even they have to pay taxes. (laughs) It's
2: tax time with rafael Tolino from the irs internal revenue service it's tax time how are you mr Tolino?
1: hi rob i'm doing great how about you it's always fun doing uh, everything well. up there we've been yeah you're still uh still doing your thing glad to hear it
2: 20 plus years now so and I, did I know some of it crossing paths with you many years ago but um tell us how you landed at the irs and what you do for the irs
1: public affairs, uh, you know, so communication functions of all types, and uh, I was up there working in the radio business up there for a few years, and I got lucky, I applied for the gig um, while I was living up there, and this is 17, 16, it's almost 17 years, 16 and a half years ago, anyway. Um, and I uh, was fortunate enough to get it and, and come down here. And I was talking to the, um, the gentleman that picked up the phone. I think is it Mike? Yep, get his name right. Um, and uh, same man, you uh, you know, radio. God loved it. I mean, it's a, it was so fun. But I'm very lucky to have this have this gig and have this stability. No question.
2: Well, I'll tell you the bad news about radio is most people in radio don't pay taxes because oh, they're at okay, so, that low-income um, threshold.
1: Yeah, I hear you. You know what? Let me have the Social Security numbers for everybody you know.
2: Rob. Not- I'm with you on that one. So, uh, Mr. Tolino, it's tax time. We're down to the final month, essentially. Um, one of the things I learned recently about filing taxes early is that's sometimes a good way of cutting down on fraud because the government has already checked you off as paid and in good standing, and then someone sends in a fake return, and uh, they're on to it, so to speak.
1: Yeah, we always uh, kind of uh, jump up and down and say, hey, file your return when you're ready, prepared, have all your re- uh, re- paperwork and such, and you're ready to file an accurate return the first time, right, all those kinds of things. But, uh, yeah, no question about it. If um, In the in the age we live in today, with all the resources we have, with all the detectors and the screens and the filters that are in place to make sure we're only sending out legitimate refunds, that's part of the arsenal you can have as a taxpayer Is um, is timing. Yeah, no question about that.
2: As I've gotten older, my taxes have gotten more complicated, and I've probably gotten a a letter or two more than usual from the IRS saying, you say you did this, but we only have a form for that. It used to stress me out to get that letter from the IRS. It doesn't stress me out anymore, but one of the things that stress does is it kind of makes you susceptible to scams when people feel like, oh, the IRS needs something. Let's talk IRS and scams and what people shouldn't stress over
1: right and the way that you are receiving correspondence is the way we're doing it we send out i don't know millions of letters every year to taxpayers and usually they have something to do with hey, we 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 have this form or this 1099 or w-2 or this document that is a you know third-party matching deal which is what a 1099 w-2 all those 1098 all those forms are and perhaps you omitted that or on the other hand um Uh, You know, we're asking about, uh, you know, this, that, the other. But anyway, you get the idea. Uh, The letter part is a normal correspondence to it. And most of those end up being no change anyway, and they could be handled via a letter. So you shouldn't fret. Just take care of business based on what the letter is asking about. But we certainly are under no circumstance are calling you out of the blue, demanding immediate tax payment. Threatening arrest, threatening a lawsuit, threatening deportation, uh, threatening uh, like a revocation of a business license because you haven't paid these taxes and you need to pay them immediately. Uh, that's a scammer using the IRS as a lure, if you will, to get you to try to comply with them. Everything we're not doing is sending uninitiated emails into your inbox about who knows what, a nominal refund, a probe, a survey, of this or that, the other, uh, you know, asking you to click on a link. That's phishing with a PH, as most people now know. And there's also spear phishing. you got to be careful of that. But uh, uh, our normal correspondence, like I say, is a letter in the mail, not that random threatening phone call, and certainly not an uninitiated email. In fact, we don't even use email uh, for the most part. It's not uh, a very secure way to do business. So, yeah, get the idea.
2: Yeah, I, I totally hear you. And like I said, I've, run in with, I've had run ins with the IRS that some people would deem as like, you don't pay your taxes, you're cheating. I'm just seems that mine are more complicated than most, and I no longer stress when I get a letter from the friendly IRS agent. Just open it up. And you,
1: as I say, in, in like, I say, like I say, you respond to the other thing is, uh, on that note, is you shouldn't pay any more tax than you owe. You should take advantage of every tax benefit deduction credit that you're eligible for, legally, of course, uh, to lower your bill and or increase your refund. And that's what it's there for in terms of all those benefits in the code. You just uh, gotta file that return and uh, make sure you get it done right in terms of if you're doing it yourself, the software's going to hold your hand, or if you're a client to a tax professional like a CPA, which about 55% of us are in terms of numbers every year. It's more than half, for sure, who outsource uh, preparation to a tax professional. So choose wisely, of course, there, because um, you want that return done. You want all those benefits, but uh, you want to make sure it's accurate because you're the one... Uh, responsible once you sign it. So really uh, be careful when you choose somebody doing your return for you. No no question there.
2: Tax day falls on the 15th, which is a Sunday on April. So don't owe it on Sunday. Uh, Monday is a D.C. holiday. So don't owe it on 16th. 17th looks like it's the filing day this year if people want to yep. procrastinate as long as they can.
1: Yep. 17th today. And like you said, that, that D.C. holiday was... I don't remember when, but a few years ago, it was made into a law that a folks in D.C., and I think it had something to do with Patriot's Day somewhere in New England area, too. Uh, those two together, uh, folks there got an extra day, so we all get an extra day. So that's kind of how that works. But uh, if you can't get it done, what's us say it's exactly basically a month from now, right? Uh, take the extension of time to file. It's always worth mentioning you have that extra six months. But uh, if you owe or you think you owe, then uh, the 17th is still your deadline, otherwise you risk some penalties or interest that can accrue on your account. Um, if you have a requirement to file and you have a balance due and you can't full pay, do file the return, the penalties for that, the interest for the, the penalties for not filing, uh, when you have a return with a balance due is much greater than filing and not full paying. And, uh, the IRS is flexible. We realize folks can't full pay, but file that return and let's work it out over time, payments over time, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, certainly the flexibility is there to work with folks. But the key, uh, like I say, is filing a return if you have a to balance, too. That way you avoid, uh, you know, increases down the road you don't want to see.
2: Now, there's not a lot of people in the Bay Area who qualify as low-income who can afford to live here. But the IRS does have some low-income programs for filing online, e-filing. Uh, tell us a little about e-filing and some of the thresholds where people should be.
1: Right. Um, E-File is available for everybody, and it's free, and yeah, obviously the the income levels up there are skewed a bit differently. In fact, all of California is really, I mean, it is for me down here in San Diego for the most part. But free comes in two avenues, um, free electronic filing through the Free File program on irs.gov, which is a public partnership with uh, private software. Uh, providers, and uh, if your income is $66,000 or less, you can use one of those software providers for free to file a federal income tax return. So you'll find out more on irs.gov, And the key is using irs.gov as a portal, if you will, to get to the free file program and then click out of our site and into the software provider you choose to choose that software for free. The other thing is um, volunteer Income Tax Assistance, or VITA, which is uh, many, many sites up and running all around the Bay Area at different hours and locations with different community partners that uh, offer free tax prep for lower to moderate income individuals and families. Simpler returns generally about $54,000 or less, and you get free tax grabs. So for those folks, and there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people who fall in that category, sometimes fail to take advantage of free, but uh, always nice to make mention of those resources.
2: Mr. Trilino with the IRS, anything else that you want to mention in your two or three minutes that we have left?
1: Uh, I don't know. We always have... it. Oh, you know what's good to make mention of that we didn't is the new tax law that came along um, right before Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. That is basically for 2018 going forward, which we'll file next year. So, most of just about all that law really has no bearing, if you will, on the 17 return we're filing now. So, always a good mention to keep that in mind. The other thing is because of the huge changes, I should say, or big changes in terms of uh, what's coming and what's, like, for example, the personal is gone. The standard deduction is doubled. There's all kinds of other tax provisions to be aware of. Not a bad idea to do some tax planning this year, more than ever, because you don't want to have a big surprise, either a bigger refund or you might owe or a smaller refund when you file next year because of those changes and how they affect people and the uh, withholding tables that are being used differently by employers now to withhold money from paychecks from from workers and all that. Um, there's changes in business for C-Corps and S-Corps. So there's all kinds of stuff stuff going on there, uh, and it's not a bad idea to consider some planning here as you make your way to 2018.
2: Sounds good. It's Mr. Rafael Tolino with the IRS. A little planning. That's if you have a CPA, when you dump off your materials to have him you know, prepare your taxes. say, hey, when this is all said and done, can we talk about what I should be doing for 2018, 2019 as we go forward? Uh, because they know the laws, and they're pretty prepared, and they'll know the tax deductions that you should start counting on. Um, a good CPA, by the way, will always run two scenarios with you. Like, for instance, if you're married, he'll say, "Okay, if you file married, here's where your taxes are going to be. If you file uh, married, filed instead of jointly, but singly, um, separate, you hear what your taxes would be as individuals and as couples." So a good CPA will do that. Just FYI, um, throwing that out there for you, as that's my job, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. We'll have Raphael on again as we get closer to tax time, tax day. But at this point in time, we've got about 30 days. Remember the good old like movies and TV dads? They would go up and they're like, oh, it's tax time. And they'd be sitting at their desk with a calculator and like a pen in their hair or above their ear. And they'd be hitting the calculator and paper would be coming out of it. And then you just got to the point where you're like, I think you need to hire a CPA to do this. TurboTax is good for its day, but if you get complicated and have kids and houses and such, it can get to be a little bit too little for you. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Two hundred dollars? Is it free if you get a data plan? Is it a thousand dollars? Do you and your sugar booger want to have a phone each? Hmm, maybe I can go into the uh, carrier, the wireless service provider, and say, "Hey, I'll take two X phones, iPhone Xs, for the price of one. Buy one, get one free." and you see the promotion stopped a week or two later, it wasn't doing that well. There's a lot of data points out there right now that Apple is not doing well. It's fair. What's too expensive on a phone? The next question is, how do you want to own a stock or a company? Or are you basically saying, I'm only in it when the high end's in it? Or do you see some value in some of the other components versus the high end phones? So the iPhone 10 has come, and it's going. What's the next big event for Apple? A lot of people continue to say, still say, services. I got this hot and sexy photo of me when I was 35. And now, 10 years later, I want it saved forever and ever and ever. I can put it on my computer. I can leave it on my phone, waiting for it to get stolen or broken. Or I can put it up in the cloud. Who gets it? Does Google get it? Does Apple get it? So... Apple big story right now as an investor you need to decide one of the stories that I saw that was out there that I thought was compelling and interesting was Walmart um, again the whole you saw that Claire's stores went bankrupt and I don't I've probably never been in a Claire store because I don't go to malls to buy jewelry but it's a mall jewelry chain and they're firing, filing chapter 11 bankruptcy this is a sign of no good um again it's showing you that struggling malls due to online competition continue to be a story and how nimble are the physical competitors do they have it over at one point in time was a problem for internet the fact that you know you'd be like i want to see that diamond ring before i buy that diamond ring i want to wear these jeans before i buy these jeans but i think we're kind of we've broken that wall of we'll buy anything on the internet can't buy me love swipe right oh you can buy love on the internet walmart doesn't want to sell tvs and furniture they also want to put them together for you because it goes back to that claire store which goes back to the toys R us store which goes back to like the macy's and the sears and jc Penneys and all the struggling retailers how can walmart get your business and keep your business Well, they think that by hiring a company with a deal for on-demand online services, Handy.com, which will allow shoppers to hire helpers at 2,000 of its stores nationwide to mount a TV on their wall or assemble a bookcase, um, that starts to get kind of interesting. You know, Ikea bought TaskRabbit, and I love the idea of, of paying a retailer X amount of dollars and they can come and mount it on my wall. I don't want to mount it on said wall. I'm going to put a hole in wall, and then I'm going to curse. And then Sugar can going to hand me a drill. I'm going to curse at her, and she's going to run off to the back room and cry. And then Son's going to hand me a, a hammer. I'm going to curse at him because I just knocked a hole through the TV, and now the TV's broken, the wall's broken, everything's broken, my life is broken. So would I hire someone from Handy? I would, but you know my first fear that comes up? what if it's a slacker who, who smokes a lot of weed and eats a lot of Doritos and comes to my house and I'm like, all right, all hey, right, bro. All right. I say, hey, bro. And he goes, all right, all right, all right. All right, all I'm right. I'm like, hey, right. bro, can you put my TV on my wall for me? And he goes, yeah, man, I can do it. Ha, 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 no problem. And then he can't do it. So are these handy workers going to be trained in putting together bookshelves and putting together furniture on walls? It's a good question. So, And that's kind of a what happens with word of mouth kind of answer, right? Um, I think that's kind of what you'd be looking for. I could be wrong. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls all in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Uh, large retailers are urging Trump not to hit China with tariffs. Uh, well, I think we're all a little afraid of that. What could derail our economy? Like, It's like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. It's like almost like a horror movie, though, too where you, know, you see the young, cocky wrestler in high school who just made out with a beautiful girl who has a crush on him, and she goes to the lake to swim in the lake and kind of cool down, and the young, cocky wrestler goes to the tool shed, and you're like, oh, no, is, it the, is, he, is he in the tool shed or is he in the lake? And you see the guy pick a soda, and then you see the hockey mask right behind it. But he doesn't notice. That's kind of what we're feeling like with Trump and the economy right now, and Trump and the stock market. It's like, please, 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 don't go by the Chinese. No, 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 hold your breath. breath. No, 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 sweet. We got through that one.
0: We had to make the move, and we decided to make the move.
2: So there's a lot of fear. I get emails at least... I would say four a week of people thinking I want out of this market because Trump's eventually going to eventually ruin this market. But they also go, I'm glad I was in it last year. Um, be careful is my advice. Um, don't let a president dictate 100% of your investment decisions. So Facebook's lagging today. Um, Facebook's having some problems. And how they respond to these problems is going to be, I think, very interesting. So uh, they've got a lot of data problems. They've got a lot of confidence problems. But in the end, they're going to have to have a leadership step up to the plate and say, we got this. So otherwise, it's going to do some long-term damage to their credibility as far as does management have it. Facebook's down 6% today. First buying opportunity in a long time, always the beginning of the end. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.